everybody thinks when you start a brand, you're going to push that website live and it's just, it's going to start selling like hotcakes. Believe me, it's not. Hello and welcome to the Kelly Lumber podcast. I'm your host, business mentor, personal brand and style expert who is on a personal mission to inspire a minimum of five people daily to take action, to do something different and show up as the best person they aspire to be. So if you're one of my five a day, yay, drop me a review, come and say hi on Instagram because I would love to meet you. So in today's episode, I had a chat with fellow Scott, Lindsay Doran, who all I can say was totally, I was blown away by her sort of can-do attitude and it went so much in common. Pre-podcast chat, we found out that we both started our career in Dubai as cabin crew and we chatted about what life was like growing up in Scotland and all things fitness, which of course we both love. The immense success that she has had in less than a year honestly shows that this businesswoman knows what she is doing. And the brand has grown to not only being really prominent in the UAE, which is where it was born, but internationally too. So I'm a big fan. You will see from my IG page that I'm often in an El Couture workout set. So I really hope that you're inspired by our morning chat. Enjoy. Welcome to Brand You Podcast. It's great to have you here. I was just going to start by saying thank you so much for sending me all the fabulous latest collection that you have. I was actually doing a shoot yesterday and I just love the fact that your collection doesn't give me muffin tops. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. No, I love to hear that. Um, I think that's one of the feedback that we've had a lot, actually. The, The fit of the leggings and the bras. It's been really good feedback. So they're fitting all body shapes. So that's amazing. No Love it. So let's do a little bit of a rewind. Um, I want to know more. A fellow Scot, which I just found out um, just before we went live here. So I didn't know that. We're from across the water. So originally, what, probably about an hour's drive away, I think. But it's so nice to meet those. Um, where are you from? So we're both based in Dubai. Just give us a bit of a backstory. How did this happen? And, and yeah, tell us your journey. Yeah, so I'm from Dundee in Scotland. So I came to Dubai when I was only 21. So it's been actually 10 years in April I've been here, which is a bit scary. So yeah, I joined as Emirates crew. So I was Emirates crew for five and a half years. We have a lot more in common. (laughs) I was also cabin crew. Wow. Yeah, and I arrived when I was was 22. 22? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, continue, continue. Yeah, so I got the job in Emirates. I did like flying, but I wanted to get into private flying. So that's why I really tried to progress quickly. I actually had a friend already in Emirates who had left Emirates and gone into private flying. So she told me, look, I can get you a job. You just have to get up the different classes as quickly as possible. So it was about year three and I was got into first class by that point which was really hard at that time because, you know, you I know it's different now, but then you had to go through interviews and stuff. So I was so happy. And there's not actually a lot of British girls in first class as well. And at that time, I was only about 24. So I was very young to be up there. And then I thought after five years, I thought I'm going to resign and apply for this private flying job. And then I ended up getting married. My husband said to me, look, I don't want you to fly anymore. Do something on ground. So 
just as I was leaving Emirates, we um, we got married a couple of months later, and he said to me, we "We're always going on beach holidays." And he said, "Look, let's go and do something completely different. We wanted to go snowboarding." I said, "Oh no, I'll end up breaking my ankle or something." Knowing me, so I don't want to do that. He said, "What about a fitness holiday?" He was crazy into fitness, and I just thought, absolutely not. I want to go somewhere on a beach. So he talked me into it, and we ended up going on four weeks uh, fitness camp in Thailand. At the start, I absolutely hated it. I just was crying. I just thought, oh my God, I hate this fitness. What is this? It wasn't called? your honeymoon, was it? <laughs> my honeymoon. No I way. Girls like at the classes that I was at and they were, I was talking to them. I was like, yeah, this is my honeymoon. But, and they were like, what? Why would you come here for honeymoon? I'm like, I don't know. I got talked into this. Then after a bit <laughs> of being there, I ended up meeting a group of American girls they were actually like hostesses and, um, the, you know, the beach clubs in Vegas and stuff. And I'd been there the year before, so I got friendly with them. And they just, I feel like they inspired me to be so much more healthy. They were all working in beach clubs, but none of them really drank. They were all in amazing shape. I was just amazed by how these girls were so athletic. So I think it was meeting them that really kind of pushed me into that. Then I stayed there for four weeks. By the time I left... I felt like, okay, I'm, I feel like I'm really getting into this now. But I came back to Dubai. Everybody said, oh, there's no way you're going to, you know, join a gym. So I thought I'm just going to do it. So I joined a gym. I got personal trainer straight away from the start. And it was from then that I just felt like being in a proper, you know, the gyms in Dubai are amazing, being a proper gym, the energy in there, seeing everybody, you know, working out, looking after themselves, I just thought I really want to do this as well. So that was five years ago now. And yeah, that was it. That was me addicted to to the gym, you know. And fitness was never really your journey before. You go on this random, if I if I can say that, honeymoon, because most people would be expecting two weeks in the Maldives or whatever. You go on this fitness camp and it becomes not fitness, but well, I guess it was a sort of a fitness retreat. And it becomes that sort of first step to you know, inspiring you to join the gym and and discover, I guess, what fitness wear is all about. Exactly. So by the time I'd obviously come back to Dubai, I could see the girls in the gym, you know, they're all wearing, you know, the usual brands that you see everybody in. And I just thought, oh, wow, I need new gym outfits. I was spending so much money all the time. I was living in the gym because at that point I wasn't working. I thought I'm going to take like a year's gap and just find out what I want to do. I still want to go into private flying. I can go into private flying. I didn't think I would do anything to do with, you know, fitness or anything like that. I was still new to the gym. So, yeah, I was just buying clothes all the time, constantly. And about six months in, uh, I was just having a chat with my husband. And I said, no, I just feel like I want to do something to do with fitness. I'm bored now. I haven't worked in six months. This is not normal. (laughs) I need to go and do something. But I just don't know what I want to do. I said, but I'd really like to do something, you know, to do with fitness. And he was like, well, all the money you spend on activewear, you'd be better just bringing out your own clothes. Just kind of like a joke. And I thought, actually, maybe I could do that. So that night I started researching. I spent months researching YouTube, just Google, how to find factories, how to start a business. I was just watching everybody's, you know, uh, talks about how to how to start, how to find the factories, how to find the materials. So then I booked a flight to China to go on my own. 
And that was it. I, I think it was kind of like something that I thought is going to be a little bit of a side side job and I would get, you know, maybe something in an office or a private flying job. But then when I actually went to China and I met, um, I must have set up like 12 meetings with factories. When I went to um, the first factory, I just thought, oh, wow, a huge factory with over a thousand workers there, a huge showroom. I just thought, oh, wow, no, this is where people who are starting brands come to. This wasn't just a cheap factory in China that I'd um, chosen to come for my first um, meeting. So it was from then when I sat down and I saw, I brought my designs. I got a, a girl to sketch who, she just sketches on the side, she's a designer. Paid her some money. She sketched me what I had in my head and I took those designs and when they told me, oh, this is the minimum orders, it was in the thousands. And I thought, what? How am I going to customize, you know, activewear, thousands of pieces where I don't even have a, a, a brand? This is just an idea in my head. So that was the start when I was like, right, okay, I don't think you can really do this. If you want to customize product, you have to make, you have to put in those big orders. You have to buy your fabric up front. So I think that was a big eye opener for me. And that's when I kind of, thought, okay, do I want to do this just like an Instagram small side hustle, you know, byproduct that's already on the market, put a logo on it. I thought, no, I need to be, I want to be different. I have to make this, because the reason why I wanted to do it was because there were certain things about, you know, a legging. I would love the fabric, but they would push on my, my glutes and make your glutes like a pancake, things like that. Or the waistband would be too high or the leggings would be like the wrong uh, length. So it was just all small, small details that I just thought, this is kind of thing, something that I feel is missing. So after I came back from China, I just said to my husband, I said, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna go for it. I'm just gonna put in these orders. I've, they've got my designs. Obviously it's a huge risk. It was a lot of, it was basically all of my savings. And I just thought, I'm just gonna go for it. I've got a good feeling about it. And I feel like by that time when, you know, by the time it launched and I'd got my final, samples I just knew I had a good feeling I just thought I feel like this is really gonna pay off I know it wasn't gonna be you know quick and I know it takes time but I thought the fit and the fabric I just thought I, that's what I have experience in I just thought I'm gonna go for it so that's when it kind of all started and then it's just been amazing since then really Okay, so we'll develop a little on from that. So I just want to rewind a little bit because so many people have that sort of throwaway comment and not that it was a throwaway comment necessarily, but you know, when a, a partner or a friend goes, do you know what, you should turn that into a business and people go, yeah, yeah right. And then they do nothing with it. So, you know, talk me through that moment because then, then there's like loads of self-doubt. Well, can I really do it? Or how will I really do it? So from that seed planting, like what was it that made you go, do you know what, I'm going to make that reality? Was it that you were, um, you know, ready to, t- to do a business? Or was it like, do you know what, I can do this? Or was it the skills that you'd learned going, do you know what, I'm all in? Like, what do you think it was that actually made that? I think it's because I'm crazy driven. I've always been like this. I always want to be the best. Even when I got my job in Emirates, I thought I'm not going to be here, you know, just living the Dubai life all the time. I knew I had a friend that was already had been crew as well. She got all the way to first class, resigned and got a private flying job, making amazing money flying all over the world in a private jet. It was completely different to Emirates. So I think from then, that's when I, I was like, right, I have to 
get to that cabin, leave, and then go on to a better job. And it was the same with El Couture as well. I feel like, you know, when when I had that conversation with my husband about, oh, do you think you could do it? I thought, probably not. I've got no business experience whatsoever. You know, I've been crew for the last five and a half years. You know what it's like when you're crew. I feel like it takes a slice of your brain away without being in that altitude all the time. But I just thought, I'm so driven that I feel like I could push through it. You know, I didn't really have much much guidance. And I knew that I didn't have friends that had businesses. You know, I didn't have really anybody to ask. I was just literally just using things like YouTube and Google just to watch other other brand owners give advice. So that was it. I feel like I just, I was so driven. I just thought once, and once you start something like this, I'm not the kind of person to just, you know, say, oh, you know, it's not working. I have to just close it down. You just have to push through it. So I feel like the fact that I'm really driven really helped. And it's actually just so nice. Um, You know, I speak to so many crew, um, you know, and and one thing that I love and that I think we have in common is that you said that you actually loved being cabin crew. And I did as well. I loved the, the, when I first started, it was a great opportunity to travel the world. And a, a question that I do get a lot from crew actually is, but I only have skills in hospitality, for example. I'm only good in customer service. And you've just proved, and I've proved that, you know, you can actually go on and, and start a business and do something that you really want to do. And I think it's great that you used resources that are already out there that are completely free. Like there's no excuses. Yeah. If someone's sitting there, they've got an idea. If you really want to do it, there's nothing stopping you except for you. Exactly. Just just do it. I get asked that question quite a lot. And I'm like, you just have to do it. If you're that kind of person that you know can follow through and stick by your word, then like just go for it. Okay, so let's fast forward. So we've got this order coming in. Did you have a name for it then? Did you have this vision or so you, no? No, I remember even when I first got like my stock. I remember when the stock arrived um, in Dubai because I knew I had to get an office space because I knew how much stock was coming. So it was kind of like, right, I need to get an office as well because there is no way I could store this in my house. There was thousands and thousands of units coming. And I just thought, right, I need to get an office. So obviously I got an office. Um, and when I saw it, that's when I just thought, oh, wow, this is a lot. <laughs> so obviously I probably did a lot of the things, you know, when I started back then, I was doing things backwards, you know, starting trade license before I even had a website, just small things like that, you know, that I could have saved money on. But of course I didn't have any guidance. So I just had to go by what I thought was the right order to do it. Obviously, I learned so much now. So, yeah, I mean, that was the starting point. I've seen all the stock and I just thought, oh, wow, this is a lot. This better pay off. <laughs> so you have all the stock and then you find someone to build, a, you know, a website. You then, I assume, hire um, models and do a photo shoot. So let's talk about then. So you've got this idea. You've got all the stock. How did you sell it? Oh, well, I mean, the, the models weren't paid models. They were my friends from the gym. So, um, I mean, I didn't use paid models until maybe last year. I was just using my friends because, you know, the budget that I did have, I was using it to go into, like, digital marketing and things. So it wasn't going into paying models back then. And selling the stock, I mean, I think when you 
And I've seen a lot of other uh, brand owners talk about this as well. No matter if they are, you know, even celebrities, it's that brand. Everybody thinks when you start a brand, you're going to push that website live and it's just, it's going to start selling like hotcakes. I was there as well. <laughs> Believe me, it's not. And it's, it's so funny now when I actually talk about it. Um, because I remember I was sitting in my office. I hadn't, so it was basically just me for like quite a while. And then one of my friends had come over and I said, right, okay, so they're uh, ready to go live with the website. Let's push it live now. So I clicked the button. I thought, okay, there's going to be sales coming in. No, not one sale. Not one sale for about five days until one of my friends bought something. And it was such a slow starter. And I remember sitting in the office and I used to just go because my old house was really close to where our offices are in Business Bay. And I just used to go in there and like pot around, make myself a cup of tea, you know, just think, okay, I've got one order today. <laughs> this is great. I've got thousands of units of stock, you know, and I've even seen other people who are like celebrities of started brands and I've, I've watched their interviews and it's actually been the same for them as well. I didn't actually realize that. So it doesn't matter if you've, if you're known or you're not known. I feel like when you start a brand, you know, it's so hard at the beginning. You just, you're looking at all your stock and you're thinking, wow, how am I going to sell this? This is not working. You know, but yeah, I just had to stick at it. And obviously it's, it does take a while. We're nearly in April, the business will be turning two. So, I mean, it takes, it takes a while for you just to. Like that's still not like in, and and in, in an industry, which on the outset is quite competitive. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what, what did you do that changed or how did you kind of build the momentum there? I think a big game changer for me was building the team. The team behind El Couture, I actually call them the dream team because they really worked with me. They knew that when each of them come on board, they got what my vision was. They knew what I wanted it to be. Obviously, I don't have I don't I don't have the experience mm-hmm. for that. That's why I hired this amazing team that we have so far. And since that team has come on board, it's been nearly a year, under a year only. So I was on my own for a very long time when I started. Then I hired um, two girls. One was just um, packing the orders, and another girl was doing like admin work. So. It was very, you know, even they didn't have the skills like what the team have now. I didn't have the budget back then. I had to make make the money to be able to afford to have that experienced team. So I think that was really when El Couture really elevated because kind of what really pushed El Couture with the exposure side was when we went into lockdown. Mm-hmm. So lockdown. So you were a year in business then when I guess lockdown happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously it was still very quiet. We were obviously, I did a couple of expos in Dubai to get exposure. That was really great. Um, but it was just kind of, you know, getting to that point where it was like, that's when, that was your making point. So that was in lockdown. So obviously in lockdown, I was down to, I just only had one staff working for me at that point, just me and one other girl. And we were doing 60 orders a day which for like just two people, you know, it was, it was crazy. So it kind of just overnight, it just went mad. (laughs) 
So yeah, and that was ads. Yeah, we were doing marketing ads. Yeah, but do you know what's really where it's so strong for us is Instagram. Instagram was just you know, and obviously I did. I gifted you know influencers and stuff like that, but that helped. But I just think it was from you know being in lockdown, more people being on their phones, everybody going into fitness all of a sudden, and they want you know a nice shorts, nice leggings to work out in in the house. So, and I feel like there's not there's not that many really really feminine activewear brands especially especially regionally there's nothing with like a booty scrunch or a hot pink short so everybody's in their house and they're thinking right okay I want new activewear to work out while I do this home workout so that was really the point where it kind of I opened my laptop and my emails were just coming in crazy I just thought what's happened so that was really the point where it really turned the corner for El Couture and obviously I was still it was just me and another girl then obviously we went into lockdown in Dubai so she had to work from home so I was running it completely by myself I was in the office for some days like 16 hours um up and down Cheekside Road when we were in lockdown there was no cars on the road so that was when remember when you needed the permit to to leave the house so yeah I was up in my office every day you know packing orders, counting stock. It was just, it was a crazy time. Replying to customers' emails, answered the phone because the phone was going crazy. It was, it was really mad. <laughs> and, and it's so good to hear that, you know, out of such a challenging time that there are businesses that have actually been able to grow and mm-hmm. you know, where so many haven't. Um, but just a little kind of talk on that. We were, we were, chatting just before we went live about feeling good in the gym and I had said you know bizarrely as a a stylist for many years gym wear was never something that I invested in because I was like what's the point you get sweaty now this was like five or six years ago and then over the past couple of years just I, I love what I do when I work out but wearing great fitting clothes honestly makes me work out better yeah it for sure does 100% if you've got like a really good outfit that you feel good in. You, it gives you more energy to train. Absolutely. I, <laughs> so um, I just wanted to put that in. So if there's anyone that's listening that had the same mentality as I did a number of years ago, it's like, no, de- it's definitely worth um, investing in. So we've talked about like the amazing highs and what is a really short journey? What is like, is there a mistake or a couple of mistakes that, you know, you can share and go, God, I'm not going to do that because I always say we don't live long enough to make all the mistakes ourselves. So if we can learn from someone else who's done it, we can be like, maybe I won't make that one. Um, is there one that you're like, shouldn't have done that? Um, or it doesn't matter if you've done it because you've learned from it. So something good happened out of it. I mean, I've done loads of things on the business side, you know, like using my budget that I had, my savings, and I put it on the wrong, the wrong things you know, building websites with the wrong people, you know, mm-hmm. having to cost a lot of money and having to close that website down. That would, you know, I've worked with people who they weren't the right people for, for the brand. So I feel like th- those are things that I regret because I'd obviously wasted my budget that I had. But other than that, I don't really regret anything. I feel like 
just in business, you have to learn, isn't it? I don't have, it's not like I've had a, a brand before this and I can, if I was to open up a sister brand now, I would do it so much better because I, I've had all the experience now. Yeah, yeah. Fact, I just can't even, I can't even regret it because it's, it's taught me so much. So you, you talk about your dream team um, before and you were saying there, you know, about investing in the right people. So what do you look for then? Well, obviously experience in whatever the job role is mm. because the way that I want the brand to, to become, I want it to be better and better and better. Having that person to come in who has that experience, that's the first thing I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't really want to bring anybody in that I really need to, in a higher level that I need to try and teach because I, I'm not sure how to do that job role either. You know, so that experience and then you, someone who really understands the vision that I have for Alcatraz, that's really important. I feel like everybody that works there now, they understand what I'm like. They know that I'm really particular about smallest things, packaging, design, everything. That's kind of something that I'm really particular about. So if they get that, and then the final thing would just be, you know, that they fit in with the current team. The personality has to, has to fit in. Everybody that works there now, we have a really good bond. Um, everybody's really bubbly. Um, really kind so I think those three qualities they would fit in how, how many is in your team now um over 10 now congratulations so, and growing yeah and yeah we'll be hiring another five soon because obviously we've got our new boutique opening so we'll be hiring more staff so oh so we've got a boutique opening um, hopefully April, May time, obviously we've got Ramadan coming up in Dubai. So we'll do like an official opening after Ramadan. So yeah, that's really exciting. It's in Al-Wazel. Ah, okay. On the, on Al-Wazel Road, the one that's on the corner? Am I right? Yeah. yeah. Do you know where Tasha's Cafe is? What, further down um, towards Flagpost? That Al-Wazel, or am I thinking of somewhere else? You know where the, where the Burj Al Arab is? Yes. Oh, yes, yeah. And yeah, so you've got like Tasha's Cafe there, you've got yes. salons, you've got brows. So it's all on the same the, uh, same strip. I know exactly where you were. Yeah, it's a great area. It's a great area. I'm always in that area, either drinking coffee at Tasha's or I'm at brows doing lashes or something. So for me, it's, um, it's a dream being there. You've talked about this vision. Can you elaborate a little bit more as to what that looks like? I mean, the vision for me is to just, you know, have like a community of women worldwide, not just regionally, worldwide and, you know, empowering each other, giving each other like tips and fitness um, about our active wear. I want to just really build a strong community of women. And that's the vision for the future. I just want to grow in that community. We obviously have our LC girls at the minute, but I want this to be, you know, global you know domination that's my vision (laughs) vision. (laughs) I'm very very sure it will be I have so loved hearing your journey hearing um the steps that taken just how that one comment there um that you had with your husband has resulted in this and it's and you know and it's like you say it's much more than just creating a collection of really nice clothing for women in the gym it's about creating that community and that long-term vision that you want to do. So will there yeah. be a men's wear? Are you sticking with just women's wear? It'll only be women's wear. Okay. I can say that 100%. Okay. 
people ask me all the time. Yeah. They're like men's were coming out, I say absolutely never. I'm sorry, guys. But <laughs> um, it's a women's only brand. That's not, you know, that's not my thing either. Because um, I'm obviously really involved in the design. It's not my thing to do men's wear. And it doesn't interest me. I actually, um, about a year and a half ago, on another business trip that I did to China, I went to inquire about men's wear. And um, I had a chat with uh, a guy in, back here in Dubai, and he was one that put me off it. He said, don't do it. You, What you've got, just your small little community of women, you're going to grow it. And it was just a small conversation. I just thought, actually, yeah. There, there isn't there isn't any just female brands in the region. So that's why I actually thought, you know, no, I'm going to concentrate and build on that. It's something that I know and build on what I know. So it's forever going to be women's wear. <laughs> so is the UAE your biggest market? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, at the beginning it was UK, which oh, was because wow. everybody in the UK thought that we were a UK-based brand. Yeah. So the UK was so, so busy. And then it, in lockdown, that's when UAE really went crazy. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, UAE's a really big market for us now. It's a big market now, which is amazing because obviously I live here. So I want to be in the mall and be in the gym and a cafe and see someone with where my brand. So yeah. that's, that's really nice. And your, your campaign you did in the desert here, the one I see on, it comes up on Facebook ads and on Instagram. And I'm like, I have that outfit or something. It was, it was a really nice campaign. So we'll, we'll kind of finish on that. Um, was that something that you wanted to do or what was the sort of story behind that? Yeah, so the story behind that was when I was just um, alone at El Couture. Obviously, I had my one staff. She was working from home. I was in the office all the time. And I really wanted to do prints. I love printed activewear. But I have this core fabric that I was using for the last year or so, our skin fabric. And I wanted to print onto the skin fabric. So I was talking with my factories. But at the time, I was packing orders, dealing with customers, answer the phone. But all the product and design also came from me. So I'd be sketching, um, dealing with the factories, putting the orders in, testing the samples, everything. So I was in the office and I was um, doing the count of the stock. And I just thought, I really want to print on this fabric. So when I talked to all the factories that I work with, they're like, impossible, can't, um, can't print on that fabric. It's not been done. So I was like, oh, I really want to use that fabric because I want to make like another version of our current skin fabric. I want it to be called Skin V2, Skin Version 2, but with print. So that took such a long time. Um, I was working on it throughout lockdown. I've eventually got my samples and things like that. Then obviously it just come to me when I was in office. I just thought this is going to be like black leopard, black camel, khaki. But we've never, I'm obviously living in Dubai. I wanted to do something in the desert, but I wanted to do something different in the desert as well. So I just, it just come into my head. I just thought, what about having all these women diverse women in the desert, not doing much, you know, not, not posing, just standing just as they are, just showing how your shape is when you stand straight up and down, you know? So that was, that just came into my head. So obviously when I brought on my El Couture dream team, I'm trying to explain this to everybody in the meeting and they're kind of like looking at me like, right, like this is just 
something. I ha- I can't really, do you have an example? I'm like, no, I don't have an example. This is just something that has been in my head for months now. The product's coming in two months. Um, and I think we need to put this into action. So yeah, it was hard and um, to just, but when we were there on the day, I knew we've got it. This is exactly what I had in my head. So it looked amazing. When I saw the video, I just, it gave me shivers. That that vision had become the sort of reality yeah. you wanted because yeah. it is just real woman in yeah. um, it's a fabulous location. So we may as well use what's on our doorstep. Exactly. We're so lucky that we live in Dubai and that we can do all these shoots next to, you know, amazing buildings, amazing locations. So yeah, yeah that's great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Lindsay. I really, really love this and learning more. I love your collection and I do genuinely mean that, that I would never wear stuff. It's too hard to wear stuff that doesn't feel good or is not nice on you. So keep up the amazing work and um, you'll see me on Instagram soon, (laughs) wearing your pieces. Yeah, can't wait to see it. (laughs) Okay, thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode today. Were you inspired? What was your one takeaway that you can put into action? Head over to Instagram, Kelly Bloomberg Official. I love to hang out there. So drop me a DM, tell me the best part, or even better, share it with a friend and inspire them too. We are growing weekly and it's all down to you. Thank you so much. Reviewer of the week left this message. Annie, highly recommended listen. Great podcast. Personally, I really resonated with the last one on how to make the best of your relationships personally and professionally. Please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does make a massive difference. Be inspired and keep following your dreams.